Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for a Wednesday episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. And if you've listened to me long enough, you probably are saying, wait a second, what day is today? Is it Monday? And it's not Monday. Is it Friday? Why does Jeff sound like he's just doing a regular show? Because on Wednesdays, normally, he kind of sounds different because he does his live locker room. Well, if you remember about a month ago, I had an issue with Locker Room, and I had to re-record my show, and it happened again. I'm really frustrated. I did a live Locker Room show, got to talk to several members of the Ride or Die crew. It was awesome. And then it's supposed to record the show, and it didn't. And so here I am. Here I am. Take two. We'll put it that way. Take two, except I'm not going to fool with Locker Room again right now. Um, it's not that I dislike the app. I think it's a great way for me to connect with my audience. But at the same time, uh, when you've already done one show, you don't want to do another one. And you don't want to have that one mess up and then you not get a recording and then have to do a third one. So when that happens, I'm just going to record it old school way. The Ride or Die crew came through in a big way with Twitter messages. And so we are definitely going the second segment going to answer all of your questions on the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 2021 NFL Draft Class, the 
free agency, cornerback, linebacker, all that stuff. There's a lot of really good questions, and I'm going to answer them all. But I want to start off this show, as I always do, talking about BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Have some great stuff on the website right now, breaking down all the draft picks. It's been tremendous. And wherever you get your podcast, make sure that you subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss those morning shows. My, my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride, the live mic on Tuesday. Had a great show yesterday. And uh, Dave Schofield's Thursday Stat Geek. So what I want to talk about today, and I, I have to tell you the story about how I started thinking about this. And I turned it into an article, and it's going to run on the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, at 9.30 on Wednesday today. And I'm looking through transcripts, okay? So I'm privy to the the Pittsburgh Steelers, their public relations team. They give out transcripts. And you can use quotes from there. You can you know, do whatever you want with them, really. So I was looking through the transcripts, and I wanted to read Najee Harris's transcript when he got to Pittsburgh, and they had media there, and they were actually asking him questions. And so I'm reading through his responses to questions, and it was everything from, who was at your draft party? And then other questions like, uh, hey, what was Alabama like? And really stupid questions. But anyway, someone finally asked a logical question, and the logical question was, what do you think of the Steelers' offense and how they utilize running backs? I was like, well, that's a good question. I'd love to know what he knows. And he talked about mainly, he didn't know much about Matt Canada, but he talked about how the Steelers had used Le'Veon Bell when Le'Veon Bell was there. And he said, quote, just how they use him or them, running backs in the passing game and in the running game, just how they use them as three down backs. And I like how he, Bell, was lined up wide. I feel like I can do all of that stuff. If not better, I'm excited to learn more. And so when I read that quote, something stuck out. It was almost like someone took a highlighter and just highlighted this these three words over and over again. And it's like, Jeff, look at this. And it said, if not better. He said in the full context, I feel like I can do all of that, meaning what Le'Veon Bell did, if not better. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty bold statement. I don't think that Najee Harris was out there to throw stones. I don't think he was firing shots off the bow of Le'Veon Bell or anything like that. Not that Le'Veon Bell even cares. But it got me thinking. It got me thinking. And and I started to wonder, is Najee Harris the next Le'Veon Bell for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And I'm not, before I go any further, know this. I am not talking about Le'Veon Bell, who is a free agent right now. I am not talking about Le'Veon Bell, who sat out an entire season. I am not talking about Le'Veon Bell, that turned down a pretty good offer from the Steelers to stay in Pittsburgh. And I am not talking about Le'Veon Bell, that sat out all of training camp the first time he was franchise tagged. I am talking about Le'Veon Bell, the player. That is it. That is it. So if you're listening to this saying, oh, don't put him in the same category of Bell, I can't stand him. Because the Steelers fan base, and I understand how you work, I'm one of you. When something doesn't go the way that you expect it to, when something doesn't go the way that you want it to, you then, it's like uh, you would see those pictures back in the, in the movies in like the 90s where they would just cut the, they'd have a good picture of like a, a girl and a guy and they're a couple, and then they break up, and they would just cut the guy out of the picture. That's kind of like what Steelers fans do 
with these athletes. Oh, they left, and I don't like them anymore. I'm just going to cut them out. And that's what they did with Bell. It's like people forget. In the Le'Veon Bell, 2014, 2015, was one of the most dynamic offensive players I've ever watched in my entire life. Now, I have not, I was not privy to the 70s teams or anything like that, but I'm not joking, not just with the Steelers. 2014, 2015, Le'Veon Bell, I put him up with anyone. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Antonio Brown was great, but I thought Bell was better in those two years. I mean, it was fun to watch. So when I'm sitting here saying, is Najee Harris, the Steelers' first-round pick in the 2021 draft, is he the next Le'Veon Bell? That's that, That's a very, very big claim. Okay, very, very big claim. But it got me thinking. And if you listen to me and you're a Ride or Die crew member, you know that when I start thinking, I, I start to do some research and I start to, okay, the wheels are spinning. Let's talk about stature. Talking about physical stature, okay? The size of the player. So that's what we're going to start with because I figured that's a good place to start because it's kind of where everything stemmed from. Najee Harris, height, six foot one, weight, 232 pounds. Le'Veon Bell, six foot one, weight, 230 pounds. Almost identical. Big running backs, very big running backs, freaky in comparison when you look at the two. Now, Le'Veon Bell came into the league in 2013, and he was a little bit heavy. He was a little bit heavy for uh, a running back. I remember after his rookie year, Mike Tomlin said he's got to get in better shape. He has to be in better condition, and he did. Now, I don't know if Najee Harris is in that camp. I don't, I've don't. i watched him train. He posts videos on his YouTube channel. Um, if you haven't checked out the... Uh, road to the pros with Najee Harris. I highly recommend that you do that. And it shows a lot of his training regimen is very, very specific. It's very detail oriented. I don't think that necessarily is a problem, but it goes beyond just their size. They're both really big running backs. Let's look at some of their measurables from when they were entering the NFL. Now, obviously Najee Harris did not have a 2021 NFL scouting combine that was canceled. So most of these times are from his pro day. With Le'Veon Bell, I went back to 2013 and actually looked at his combine times. So that's not a knock on Najee Harris. He had no combine to run, to jump, to lift, all that stuff. He didn't have that. We're using what we have available. So 40-yard dash, Najee Harris ran it in 4.59 seconds. Le'Veon Bell, 4.6. I'm telling you, these comparisons are nuts. 20-yard shuttle, Najee Harris, 3.7 Le'Veon Bell, 4.24. That's pretty significant. Vertical jump, Najee Harris, 38.5. Le'Veon Bell, 31.5. And you're starting to think, well, Najee Harris is having some better numbers here until you get to the bench press. Le'Veon Bell, this is when they put 225 pounds on the bench and how many times, how many reps do you get? Le'Veon Bell did it 24 times with Najee Harris, just 18. That's significant in terms of upper body strength. Six more reps. And then the three-cone drill, Najee Harris, 7.35. Le'Veon Bell, 6.75. Again, by the time I found all these measurables, it was inc- it was incredible to me how close they were in terms of we already know their build, and now we're looking at all these measurables. Like, man, they are almost identical. So I said, let's take it a step further. Let's look at their college statistics. This is important to me. Najee Harris, he came from Alabama, the Crimson Tide. He played four seasons with Alabama. That's going to be important to remember. Le'Veon Bell played for the Michigan State Spartans. He only played three seasons for Michigan State. 
He left after his junior year. So let's look at their rushing numbers. Najee Harris attempts 638 for 3,843 yards. That's six yards per carry. Had 46 rushing touchdowns with Alabama. 638 attempts. Remember that number. Le'Veon Bell in three seasons, 671 attempts for 3,346 yards, a five yards per carry average, and rushing touchdowns, 33. I want to stop here for a second. I want to talk about these numbers for a little bit. The one knock constantly on Najee Harris as he entered the NFL draft this year was he's older. He is older. I think he's 23. Not only is he older, but they say, well, he's got a lot of wear and tear on those tires because he stayed for four years at Alabama. That's not normal. We'll put it that way. Most are people like Le'Veon Bell. Play three years and you're gone. He decided to come back for his senior season. He got his degree. But look at the attempts. 638 for Najee Harris in four seasons. Le'Veon Bell had 671 in just three seasons. So I go back to the narratives. Was anyone talking about Le'Veon Bell being overworked coming out of Michigan State? I don't remember that being the case. And even if there was, even if you're sitting there thinking, Jeff, I remember people saying that Le'Veon Bell had a ton of carries in college before he got drafted. Okay. In 2014 and 2015, when Le'Veon Bell was tearing up the league, I mean tearing it up, both as a receiver and a runner, was anyone saying, this is great, but he had all those carries in college. It's, yeah, that's not going to pan out. It's it's a shame because he's really good, but yeah, this isn't going to work. No, no one said that. No one was looking at college carries and somehow having any type of impact on the way that they play in the National Football League. None. No impact at all, okay? Let's look at receiving numbers, though, because, again, I just got to go back to this because it drives me nuts. This narrative around Najee Harris that he's he's got all this wear on his tires, these proverbial tires. I don't know why we always talk about cars and tires and stuff. Run them to the wheels, run off, fall off. But still, he had less carries in four years than Bell had in three. And he had more yards per carry and more touchdowns. But what about receptions? Because we know the Le'Veon Bell, hey, I should be paid like I'm a number two wide receiver. In college, while at Michigan State, Le'Veon Bell had 78 receptions for 531 yards, 6.8 yards per reception, and one receiving touchdown. In four years with Alabama, Najee Harris had 80 catches, 781 yards, and 9.8 yards per reception, average, and 11 touchdowns. So very, again, very similar numbers. Very similar numbers. Now, I look at all this talk about Harris coming out in the NFL, and he's bigger back, and they're comparing him to players like Etienne. I don't think that's fair, number one, because Etienne is a different style of back. He's a speedster. No one ever with two eyes in her brain has said that Najee Harris is a speedster. He's not. But you know what Najee Harris can do? He can do it all. He can run inside. He can run outside. He can run the zone. He can run the power scheme. He can catch out of the backfield. He can run routes. This isn't like, okay, Najee Harris can run routes. That means he can run like the little swing routes. He can do a screen. No. They put him out wide like they used to with Le'Veon Bell when he was with Todd Haley in Pittsburgh. That's the type of running back this guy is. And he can also block. Does he need work on his, his blitz pickup? Yes, he does. But at the same time, it's a lot better than a lot of rookies coming into the league. And so I encourage you to uh, today, Wednesday, at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time is when this article is going to publish. 
And a lot of the numbers that I just read to you is going, are going to be in there. But I also include two YouTube highlight reels. Highlight reels of Najee Harris and Le'Veon Bell. And you will see, I'm not joking you all, you will see how similar these players are. The way that they run. The way that they carry themselves. The, the look. The size. Le'Veon Bell never had breakaway speed. And you know what else is kind of funny is that Le'Veon Bell, he kind of made a name for himself hurdling players. You know who else did that? Najee Harris. It's just incredible. It is absolutely incredible when I think about these guys, these two players, and they're both drafted by the Steelers, and how I'm telling you what, I think Najee Harris is a versatile weapon. He is not just the next Le'Veon Bell. You got to remember why like we're talking about Le'Veon Bell as in the guy that very well could have been one of the best running backs in Steelers history. Not the best. One of the best. Absolutely one of the best. And on top of all that, if Najee Harris can be in the same category as Le'Veon Bell, no one will be complaining. I tell you that right now. No one will be complaining about Najee Harris being the number 24 pick in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. He is going to be a weapon the Steelers have not had since Bell left Pittsburgh. James Conner was great. He's a great story, great guy. He over has overcome so much, but he's not that type of player. He just isn't. I wish he was. I wish that he was so good that the Steelers had no choice but to bring him back, but they let him walk for a reason. And Art Rooney II came out after the season and said, I think it might be best that we part ways. And I, I understand it, but this is what the Steelers have needed since Le'Veon Bell left. People will talk about how Le'Veon Bell, he's only good with the Steelers. I don't care. I'm a Steeler fan. Why would I care if Le'Veon Bell is only good with, is good with another team? If Najee Harris comes in and is only good with Pittsburgh, as long as he's with Pittsburgh, I don't care. That's great. That's great. Now it's going to be on Matt Canada, though. They have the guy. I truly do believe they have the guy. They have that centerpiece as a running back that they haven't had in a long time, and it's going to be up to Matt Canada like Todd Haley did. Hate Todd Haley all that you want. Hate him till the cows come home. But he did a great job of getting Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell in the mix, getting them the ball and utilizing their skill sets to help the Steelers' offense not just move the ball, but score points and win a lot of games. I think most of you would agree. If those offenses had this defense now, we're talking multiple Super Bowl championships. It's going to be up to, to Matt Cannon, a lot of pressure on this first-time NFL offensive coordinator, to get Najee Harris, Ben Roethlisberger in this offense on the same page in 2021 and really show what they can do. But I will say this again. This weapon that the Steelers drafted is going to be good. And if when I say he's the best, he's he's like the next Le'Veon Bell, Steeler fans should say, all right, that's awesome. Don't let what happened with Bell off the field taint what he did on the field because he was that good. All right, when we come back in the second segment, I'm going to answer all of your questions from the Twitter mailbag. You all were great today. Great questions. We'll be right back after this break. We took it all. We brought them to 
to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host here on Let's Ride. It's Wednesday. Normally, we're live on Locker Room. Locker Room was pissing me off, so here we are. And we're doing standard old-school mailbag from the Twitter for the Twitter mailbags. So let's open this thing up. Brian Haynes, he chimes in, longtime Ride or Die crew member, says, seeing the grades from the talking heads makes me sick. In your opinion, how long will it take for them to start backpedaling and realizing the Steelers' front office knows what it's doing? I get your frustration, Brian. Mel Kuyper Jr. gave it the worst grade of any team. I think he gave them a C or a C minus. Everyone else got a grade better than the Steelers. But I think that when you look at like someone like Kuyper, he's probably sitting there watching saying, okay, second round, Pat Fryermuth there, but so is Creed Humphrey. They should take Creed Humphrey. They need a center. And they don't. And so he immediately thinks, bad pick. Even though they get Kendrick Green in round three, he says, bad pick. Because I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. That's a reach. But that doesn't mean it's a bad pick. That doesn't mean it's a bad pick at all. And I actually think that when you look back at it, you might say at one point, Firemuth was a great pick. He might turn out to be the Heath Miller the Steelers haven't had since Heath Miller retired. So I understand your frustration with the grades. I wrote an article where I kind of took a bunch of grades and put them all together. And it was a mixed bag of goods. You had the C's, you had some B's, you actually had some A's. So you just got to look at it from your own lens and say, what do we have here? And that's tough. That's tough sometimes. All right, let's go to the next question. Ben says, so with Edmonds, talking about Terrell, not Trey, with his fifth-year option not being picked up, do you think the Steelers are putting him in a prove-it year or looking to upgrade next year in the draft or free agency? Would you like him to stick around or find somebody better? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Hashtag Presley has entered the building. Yeah, so he's talking about my boy, Big Press. Big Press Harvin. That's what I call him, Big Press. Um, thank you, Ben, for the question, by the way. Uh, so I'm going to say that the fifth-year option, people need to remember, the Steelers had to have the option with Minka Fitzpatrick and Edmonds. You knew they were going to pick up Minka's fifth-year option, which is going to cost him just north of $10 million. That's a lot of money. That's a, that's a straight-up cap hit. And... Edmonds was going to cost over six. I understand that people are going to look at 2022 and say, well, the salary cap is supposed to balloon up big time. $16 million wrapped up in two players is a lot for one salary cap hit. And so they said, no, we're not going to pick it up. That doesn't mean that they can't re-sign him. It is more like a prove it year. If he goes out and plays well, the Steelers are going to have first dibs on trying to sign him. He might say, thanks, but no thanks. I want to hit the free agent market. But if he doesn't play that great, if he kind of has a standard Terrell Edmonds season, maybe they get him back on the cheap. I don't know. I will say if they re-sign him, the first year cap hit will not be $6 million. No doubt about that. Jay Campbell says, what positions or specific players would you like to see added to the roster from free agency? 
outside linebacker Ryan Kerrigan, and either cornerback Casey Hayward or Gary, uh, I'm sorry, Gary and Conley would be good additions in my opinion. I am not sure who's even out there. If Ryan Kerrigan, if they could find a way to get him, I would love it. I think he's a guy that still has really good pass rushing moves. He would be a good situational pass rusher. Someone that could come in and help TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith not feel like they have to play the entire game. And getting someone with his pedigree would also be really, really good. But again, can they afford him? I'm not so sure. I don't think they can. But if they could, that would be great. The two positions that you name, though, are absolutely needs. Cornerback, outside linebacker are big-time needs for the Steelers, whether they, I guess now they have no other choice but in free agency, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Boss Fox says, does the Ravens' Villanueva signing make it an advantage for the Steelers' defense? If you didn't hear, on Tuesday afternoon, big Alejandro Villanueva signed a two-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. I believe he was he got like $8 million guaranteed. I was shocked how lucrative this contract was, but good for Big Al. Good for Big Al. That's what I say. I, the Steelers, if they wanted him, they would have kept him. They didn't. Oh, well, you move on. Is it going to be an advantage for the Steelers' defense? I think it will be because the Steelers' defense is – they're going to know his tendencies. He still is a good pass blocker. He's just not that great in run blocking, and that's why I was kind of surprised that Baltimore got him. Because we know that Baltimore, they don't like to throw the ball. Rumors are that they are talking about changing their offense and turning Lamar Jackson into a thrower. If they're doing that, then it's going to bend. The whole Steelers defense is going to be an advantage. We'll put it that way, Boss Fox. Thank you for the question. Brian Haynes with another question. If you're the GM, what moves, if any, are still on your checklist before the season starts? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you, Brian. For me, it's what I just talked about. They need to find a pass rusher and or a cornerback. They can do that. They will be, I think, in pristine shape heading into 2021, but they have to do that. Jerry Owens says, with the draft being over, will the Steelers go back into free agency for some corner help? This is something that Keith Butler said when they picked up Trey Newsom, the Oklahoma defensive back in the seventh round of the draft. He said, we're probably going to need to get a corner in free agency and maybe even a pass rusher. They're going to have to find a way. They're going to have to fill some holes. And so even though the draft is over, I think the Steelers could go back into free agency to try to find someone. Remember, uh, important note here, Dave Schofield would yell at me if I didn't say this. And that is, don't forget that now that the draft is over, any players that are added to the roster do not count in the compensatory formula. So the Steelers, let's say they bring in Ryan Kerrigan. They could sign him to a big deal. It doesn't matter. Just like Alejandro Villanueva got signed to a big deal does not count it doesn't help the Steelers and it doesn't help it doesn't hurt the Ravens so that's still an option Jesse Hale says is Presley Harvin start the starting center by week three that's funny because the guy's 260 I'm not saying it's impossible but I hope not because if big press is our starting center in week three then the Steelers have huge issues we'll put it that way Paul asks, what do you think about Big Al signing with that purple team? Can he legitimately help them, or are they too optimistic? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Hashtag Presley Harvin is a stealer. Yes, Big Press is getting a lot of pub today in the comments. I love it. So, I, I, like I said earlier, good for Alejandro Villanueva. I mean, seriously, people. Uh, I, I'm not upset. How can you be upset? He didn't shun the Steelers and go to the Ravens. He didn't, you know, say, he didn't pull a Tyson Alulu. Where, I, yeah, I'll go to Jacksonville. Up, oh, change my mind. I'm not going anymore. 
he didn't do that to Pittsburgh. He didn't say, yeah, I'm coming back to the Steelers. It's great. I'm going to finish my career in the black and gold. Oh, but I'm going to go to Baltimore now. Like that's, that's not what happened people. So I have no ill, ill will towards big Al whatsoever. Lori says, who is your sleeper from this class? Hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, Lori. It's a good question. So let me give a little bit of a background. In my opinion, no one on day one or two can be considered a sleeper. None. So that eliminates Harris, Fryermuth, and Green right off the bat. You can't be a sleeper when you're around one, two, or three pick, in my opinion. So that leaves day three picks. And I still, I look at some of these day three picks and I scratch my head. So I'm looking at all these, a sleeper pick. See, Big Press is getting a lot of pub, so it's not him. Maybe it's, I think, right now I'm looking at two. Quincy Roche out of Miami, round six, and then Buddy Johnson, round four, for different reasons. I think Roche could actually be a part-time pass rusher if the Steelers need him to be. I think he could fill that role. That's important. Buddy Johnson in round four, I could see him being the Vince Williams on special teams. Just a seeking, like a heat-seeking missile. Just going out there wrecking people. And that's fine. That's still contributing. Okay? Those are my sleeper picks for this, this draft class. Um, other players, like maybe Trey Norwood. Yeah, Dan Moore, I doubt he plays too much. He's probably going to be inactive every game unless someone gets injured. Um, big press is like I say, he's getting a lot of pubs. So I'm not, I'm not saying him. And Isaiah Loudermilk, I still don't understand what they were doing with that pick. All right, next question. M M Dibs twenty four says, who if any free agents do the Steelers pick up before the season? Well, I mean, we talked about a couple names earlier. I honestly don't know who's out there. And this is something I'll probably have us run on the website. I'll find someone that's willing to look and say, what free agents are out there? And then we'll re- we'll revisit this question. I don't want to fake it. I don't want to say, yeah, I'll answer this question, and I really don't really know. I don't really know right now who's all available. So I'm going to do some digging, and I'll get back to you. Amendez is over-under for Presley Harvin touchdown passes this season. He's setting the line at three. Now, if you didn't see it, my boy Big Press, he had a dime pass. This was last year. I forget who it was against. Maybe... Maybe Miami. I don't know. It was a fake punt. I mean, he he had he had he threw the ball and it was beautiful. It was a beaut. But he could have thrown it even further. And he's got a big arm, just like he has a big leg. I'm gonna say, if we're setting it over under, Mendez, I'm gonna set it at a half, not three. <laughs> so if I'm setting it at a half, then I'm gonna still take the under. I don't think he throws a touchdown pass this season. He might complete a pass. I just don't think he throws a touchdown. This if he does, that would be awesome. Would literally make my day. It's that's great. Coach Travis says, "How many of the Steelers' picks will make the team? Who's your surprise day one starter from the draft class?" All right, Najee Harris, Fryer, Muth, Green, I think are all locks to make the team. Dan Moore, I think he makes the team. Buddy Johnson, I think he makes the team. Quincy Roche, I think he makes the team. Now we get into press, big press. Presley Harvin. I, oh, man. Prayer hands. Please make the team. Trey Norwood, Isaiah Loudermilk are the are the outliers right now. I think that Norwood, if he can prove as versatile as Mike Tomlin says he is, he'll make the team. Loudermilk, sometimes I rely on people that know way more about X's and O's than I do. People like Dave Schofield, Michael Beck, who played college football. Uh, you're talking about KT Smith, who is a... Cliff Harris is still a punk on the website, and you've heard him on the pregame show with Brian Anthony Davis. He coaches high school football. He's the head varsity coach. 
He played college football. He knows he's forgotten more about football and X's and O's than I've ever learned. And they're doing a breakdown on Loudermilk right now, and he says, I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why they traded up to get this guy. That just is red flag alert like crazy. Just red flags are going up everywhere. I'm going to say that Loudermilk's probably the one that doesn't make the team if, if there's someone that gets cut. And boy, would that be a bad look. Boy, would that be a bad look. But, so that would mean that I think that eight, at least, minimum, seven of nine make the team, maybe eight out of nine. I still think one person's not going to make it. But then you said, who's your surprise day one starter? I'm going to go with Kendrick Green as the center on day one. That's my surprise day one starter. All right, so Gordon Bent says, hey, Jeff, any concerns over Friar Muse shoulder injury he sustained in October 2020? Hashtag Viva La Presley. Yeah, big press getting, telling you people, you all are like me. I hope it's not because of me. If it is, it's pretty great. But I love this Presley Harvin guy. I've never seen an interview. I've only seen highlights. I've seen him squat like 400 pounds. He's 260-pound beast. Beast. He deserves every hashtag. But still, to get to your question, does the shoulder injury concern me? The answer is no. And I say that with confidence because the Steelers had to do their homework with his shoulder injury, and Fryermuth himself said he was cleared three weeks before the NFL draft of his shoulder injury, which tells me that if he was almost a month before the draft cleared to do everything – then he should have no problems having a pretty normal off-season program, gearing up to training camp. I'm sure he's probably getting in there with OTAs, lifting, getting treatment, getting comfortable in the facility. I think he'll be fine. I don't have any concerns. All right, last question here from Vinny Vici. He says, how many rushing yards do you think Najee will have this year? I think he has a 1,000-yard rushing season. Steelers haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher in a long time. James Conner never did it. And I don't think Najee Harris does it as a rookie. I'll say that he's going to be around 900 yards rushing. I'm going to guess that he's about 250, 275 receiving. So he goes over 1,000 as a whole uh, cumulative yards, but I don't think he rushes for 1,000. I hope he does. If he, I, That's great if he does. But if he doesn't, I still think he has a lot of 1,000-yard year seasons under his belt, just not his rookie season. It's tough for rookies to come in and rush for 1,000 yards. So that's my answer. Well, I tell you what, you ride or die crew, you are legit. You are 100% legit. I thank you for all the questions. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And every Tuesday afternoon is when I put out that question for the mailbag. If you want me to read your question, if you want me to answer it live on the air, I will do that. All you got to do is pay attention and follow me. Uh, last but certainly not least, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You know what it is. It's your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And remember, wherever you get your podcast, search Behind the Steel Curtain or Steelers. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so you don't miss a thing. And if you're listening on iTunes, if you're listening on iTunes, and I know that over half of you are, do me a favor. Once this is over, go to your iTunes, go to our page on iTunes or Apple Podcasts where they have the rating system. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a good comment. It really does help with exposure. I can't stress that enough. And thank you ahead of time. Thank you. I know several of you have gone in and left a comment and a five-star rating. I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. All right, that's it. Take two is over for me. Uh, In the meantime, I'll be back on Friday talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You know how we finish it up. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.